Alhamdulillahi wahdahu wa salatu wa salamu ala manna nabiya ba'da amma ba'd Fa'adhu billahi min ash-shaytanir rajimi bismillah ar-rahman ar-rahim Wa zakir fa'inna zikratan fa'al mu'minin Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma isifun Wa salamun ala al-mursaleen wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen Allahumma salli ala sayyiduna Muhammad Wa ala ala sayyiduna Muhammadin wa barik wa salam in these last ten days and nights of Ramadan, just like itqumin an-nar means to be freed from the fire of Jahannam, it also means that we should make a lot of dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for admission and entry into Jannah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min jannah. That Allah we ask of you Jannah al-Firdaus bi-ghayri hisab or al-Jannah al-Firdaus bi-ghayri hisab that we ask of you the greatest Jannah, the Jannah of the Anbiya and Siddiqeen and Shuhada and Salihin, hisab, without having to go through the reckoning on the Day of Judgment. Because Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam has mentioned in authentic hadith that there are some people who won't go through the hisab on the Day of Judgment. There are also many hadith of Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam in which he mentions what are called the Amal of Jannah contrasted to those amal which lead a person to Jahannam. So just like we want to make tawbah and seek Allah's forgiveness for all of those sins which were the amal of Jahannam, we also want to make dua to Allah sponsor to grant us tawfiq to do the amal of Jannah so that we can actually enter Jannah due to these blessed days and nights of Ramadan. Now in addition to the amal of Jannah, there are some of the sifat or attributes or emotions or feelings that a person should have in their heart if they want to go to Jannah. So there are three that come to mind now. The first is sugar, and the second is ikhlas, and the third is tawadu, means gratitude, sincerity, and humility. These are three master attributes that are increasingly absent in so many of us. Even us means people of deen, people who are striving for deen, people who are fond of deen, people who believe in deen, people who want deen. Strange enough, you might even find some type of shukr, gratitude, or sincerity, ikhlas, duas, or humility in people of dunya. So it's a strange fitna, actually, in this day and age, that we find that these three master attributes are lacking in many of the people of deen. So if one of the things that we want in this month of Ramadan is to get our sins forgiven, and we want tawfiq to do good a'mal, but we also want tawfiq for good akhlaq. Malcolm Razuman Sahib, Nambra sometimes says that you know a lot about fazale a'mal. In other words, because we know so much about those hadith that talk about the virtues and merits of praying ishraq, or praying awabin, or fasting the six extra fasts of shawal, and then he says, but now you need to understand the fazail of akhlaq, that what are the virtues and merits of having good behavior, good character, good feelings, good emotions. And three of those great emotions are gratitude, sincerity, and humility. Now if we start with shukr, to be grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah Akbar. And a lot of the problems and a lot of sins in a person comes because they don't do shukr. For example, if a person has a sin of greed, so what is it really? Its root and source is they're not doing shukr to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for how much risk Allah has already given them. And if they were truly grateful for what they had, if they were truly grateful for what they already have, and if they were truly grateful for what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them, then they wouldn't have this greed for more and more and more. 
or they wouldn't have hasad for somebody else's wealth or for somebody else's possessions if they had sugar. But many times people don't pause and reflect and be grateful and thankful and appreciative to Allah for what He has bestowed them. Rather, all they think about is what they don't have, what they want, what others have and they don't have, what others have and they want. So this lack of sugar is one of the things that leads to the major sin of greed and to the major sin of hasad. For example, Iblis, can you think how much sugar he should have made that from all the jinn, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala selected him. From all of the jinn, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala selected him to be present at this noble assembly in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala present Nabi Adam al-Islam to the angels. Shouldn't he have done shukr? That Allah subhanahu wa you are allowing or commanding, and by your command, your amr is also your ithin, your permission, you are commanding and allowing the angels to make sadzat to Nabi Adam alayhi salam. I'm so grateful that you're allowing me also to make sadzat to Nabi Adam alayhi salam. Could have done shukr. All the ibadat that Iblis did were only from the tawfiq of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he should have done shukr. And if he had been grateful and thankful and appreciative and he had valued in the qadr of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had given him, maybe then he wouldn't have had that hasad and envy and burning jealousy for Nabi Adam Islam. He wouldn't have had that ujub, that vanity and conceit and then pride that let him refuse the commandment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's what happens to a lot of us is we don't have shukr. And because we're ungrateful, and you know there's this saying in English, at least in American English, so it's a bit of a harsh statement, but it's not profanity, it's just a harsh statement, and it's called ungrateful wretch. What does it mean? That ingratitude leads to wretchedness. So in Arabic terminology, Islamic terminology, it means that lack of shukr leads to zilla. A person will be disgraced. Now we find that amongst us people of deen, that okay, Allah SWT give us tawfiq to do so much ibadah, so much zikr. No, we don't, we don't value that. We're not grateful to Allah SWT. We were nothing. And you give us even some ibadah. No, because we think we're too high. We rate ourselves very highly. So we think that, no, we haven't reached that high level of ibadah or wilayat or fame or, you know, renown or esteem in other people's eyes the way we think we are. So we're not as esteemed, as highly esteemed by others as we highly esteem ourselves. Therefore, we upset. Allah Akbar, we should do shukr. And this is what I've seen amongst the true, righteous, pious, simple slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That whatever ibadat Allah ta'ala gives them tawfiq to do, they're so grateful for it. That that shukr, even if maybe that ibadat wasn't so much in quantity, but that shukr that they have for it makes that ibadat makbool to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And makes them mahboob, beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then because of that shukr, Allah ta'ala has given this golden rule in Quran, لَإِن شَكَرْتُمْ لَأَزِينَنَّكُمْ that if you are grateful to Allah subhanahu wa He will give you even more. So this is also a time for us to reflect. We should do shukr Allah subhanahu wa You gave us tawfiq. You Allah ta'ala gave us tawfiq to fast 23 days. Who are we to have fasted 23 days? We are nothing. If we look at amount of sins that we do in the year. If we look at how many doubts we have about deen. If we look about how many ahkam and commandments of Allah ta'ala we neglected. We probably wouldn't even even last one fast. How did we last so far? Alhamdulillah, we are people who never get 100% in anything. And it has given us 100% so far in Ramadan. Yani if we fasted, every fast of Ramadan were 100%. 
If you look at the rest of our year, are we 100% salah? No, we must have made some qadha. Are we 100% on truth? No, we must have made some lots and spoken some lies. Are we 100% on haya? No, we must have felt some feelings of lust. There's nothing in our entire deen in which we're 100%. So then how is it all of a sudden we're getting 100% all the fast in Ramadan? It's the karam and fazal of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We should make shukr to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Don't you see a student, if he's a D student, and all of a sudden he gets an A, he gets so excited. He's so grateful. He's like, wow, I'm a D average student and I got an A. Right? I normally get 60% and I got 100%. This is shukr to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then mashallah, there are so many people, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, who prayed all their salatul tarawih, all of it, 100%, 20 rakats every night so far. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, how much sugar we should do to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now that's a sunnah. Now I just shared that us in our faraid, we never hit 100%. How many of us were hitting 100% in sunnahs? In the year, did we 100% make the du'a before eating? Did we 100% make the du'a after eating? Did we 100%? So many sunnahs you can think of. Hmm? Allahu Akbar. Ben Ramadan, Allah giving us 100% amal. From his 100% tawfiq, it's 100% due to his karam and fazl. How much shukr we should make to Allah subhanahu wa How much shukr we should make to Allah subhanahu wa Now, no doubt we've spoken... Before we, we'll share again how we do talk about making extra dhikr, extra amal, not just fasting and taraweeh. But really, I think if a person really did sugar to Allah subhanahu wa abdun shukur, just for fasting and praying taraweeh, just these two things, daytime amal, fasting, nighttime amal, taraweeh, salah, but if they were truly, truly, truly grateful, thankful to Allah subhanahu wa that enough could grant them genital for those. That's the power Allah subhanahu put in Ramadan. In fact, that's the power Allah subhanahu put in everything in deen. If we are shukur, if we are truly grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is something we should make. A lot of the, we should feel, so the du'as are something we recite in our tongue. But we should have the feeling of shukur. Allah subhanahu if anybody is sitting in itikaf, if anybody has given them tawfiq for suhba, if anybody is listening to online, Beyond of the different mashayikh who are conducting tazkiyah programs in the last 10 days of Ramadan, we should do shukr to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who am I? I'm a TV watching, movie going, music listening, history person. And now Allah ta'ala, you selected me to hear the words of Quran. You selected me to hear the words of Nabi Akram sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. You selected me to hear the nasiha, mawa'id, the advices and admonishments of your ulama, your uliya. Allahu Akbar. How much sugar we should make to Allah subhanahu wa How much filth have we put in our ears for so many years of our life? And if Allah ta'ala gives us tawfiq to listen to Quran al-Kareem and taraweeh or to recite Quran ourselves or to listen to nasiha, how much sugar we should make to Allah subhanahu wa So this is one aspect of sugar, sugar for our deen, ibadat, a'mal. A second aspect of sugar is sugar for the worldly blessings Allah subhanahu has given us. And one of those greatest blessings is family. One of those greatest blessings is family. And we must make shukr from this blessing in these last 10 days. Most of us, during Ramadan, our family schedule becomes different. Some of us might be apart from families or the whole family is engaged in ibadah. The important thing is that when the month of Ramadan ends, we must make sure that our family environment, our home environment is more towards deen. And this is something that a lot of us struggle with because it's very hard for us 
it's relatively much easier to work on deen with strangers or friends. It's very hard for a person to bring deen into their own home, into their own family. So this is what Ramadan is for. Those things that we want to do but we are unable to do. To make dua for these things. This is a special thing that Allah Ta'ala grants us in Ramadan. So there should be a lot of duas that we make in the last few days and nights of Ramadan. And Allah Ta'ala give me a mahol. Mahol means give me an environment of deen at home. Give me a climate of deen at home. Give me a whole feeling of deen at home. Bring my children upon deen, my spouse upon deen. Bring all of my descendants and progeny onto deen. And this is a great fikr. You should just think that just like Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had fikr for his ummah. For every person, their family is their own small ummah. Their family is their own small ummah. So obviously we should have fikr for the entire ummah the way Nabi Akrim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had. But especially for one's family. And this comes in Quran al-Kareem. Ku anfusukum wa ahlikum nara. That first you must first and foremost save your own cells from the fire of Jannah. So the rapt look in the last ashar is itkum in a to free ourselves. This is the last ten days and nights. This is the time when Allah Subhanahu frees people from the fire of Jahannam. So if we look at the same word nar in Quran, ku anfusakum wa ahlikum nara, that save yourselves and save your families from the fire of Jahannam. So it's not just enough that we make fikr for ourselves, or we stay up in the odd nights, or we make dua for forgiveness, but wa ahlikum nara, we should also have fikr that our family, and all of our family yet to come, and all of our family that has passed away, should also be granted Jannah for those in the barakah of this month. So this is a dua both sides, those of our elders and forefathers and ancestors and whoever was the very first person to bring iman to our family. We should offer a special dua for that person. That Ya Allah, the very first person from all of my ancestors, forefathers, foremothers, who was the first to accept iman. And due to his or her barakah, iman came into this family line. Ya Rabbi, I ask that you send all the ajr and sawab of all of the deen and all of amal to that person. And you forgive them for their sins and you grant them jannatul for those. And then the last family member of mine ever to live until the day of judgment. Because Allah alam, who knows, how, not every one of our families will necessarily be around. Not all of our lines will continue all the way to the day of judgment. Whoever is the last person of my family to live between now and the day of judgment, from now until then, make every one person firm and steadfast on Iman. But the real goal is those of us, our immediate families now, our own spouse, our own parents, our own children. In this lifetime, those who are living in our home or nearby, and this is a major effort. And this is something, like I said, that many of us are unable to do practically. So we should make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we should make niyyah. We should make intention to bring more deen into our family. Ku anfusakum ahlikum nada. Bring more deen into yourself and bring more deen into your family. And I was saying that family is a blessing that we should make shukr of. And we should be grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the same thing we were mentioning about doing shukr for our own ibadat. If we make shukr for however much, uh, if we make shukr for however much deen our family already has, then Allah SWT can grant us more. Because normally as parents or spouses or even children who may be looking at their own parents, we all, we notice that what are the things that are missing in their deen. We notice what is absent in their deen. And no doubt, 
we all have so many absences and gaps in our deen. But if we were to take some time and be grateful that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at least you granted iman, at least you granted some level of salah, and how can I make it better? Have I really done everything I can to make my children know Allah? Have I done everything I can to make my children love Allah? Have I done everything I can to explain or introduce Qur'an to them in the best way possible so that they fall in love with Qur'an? Have I done the best to explain to them or introduce them to Sayyidina Rasulullah wasallam so that they fall in love with Nabi Kareem wasallam, with Sahaba Ikram, with the Salaf, with the Akabir, with the Ulama, with the Awliya, with Deen? And there's so many things that many times we listen to in a nasiha or listen to a bayan of an alam or a wali and we share that with others in our social circle but we don't share that with our family. So it's very important and this is a major thing that has to change because 11 months of the year a lot of our deen is dependent on what's the level of our family's deen. And it's not enough to just escape from the family and go away on dawah or go away on umrah or go away and spend time with one sheikh and not address the issues at home. It's critical that we must make sure that in our own homes and our own families the deen is strong and the deen is living. Sometimes it means a wife helping a husband. Sometimes it means husband helping wife. Sometimes it means parents helping children. Sometimes it means children helping parents. But either way we should make sugar to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And be grateful, at least you gave me a family of Iman, a family of Islam. And the more grateful we can be to Allah, the more hope we have that Allah will give tawfiq for our families to become further and further deeper upon deen. And then a person should make shukr. So first we mentioned do shukr for deen, second shukr for family, third shukr for the worldly blessings that Allah has given us. Because that is one lesson of Ramadan. That when you fast, you appreciate such basic things such as food and drink. You appreciate such a basic thing as cold water. You appreciate the ability to be cooled by the coolness of water. You know, there's some people who might be rich and they have cold water, but they have some problem with their tongue. They can't experience temperature. So they never get to experience the coldness of the cold water. There's such a karam and fuzzle from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So actually, Ramadan helps us in Zod helps us to live more simply and have a more simple concept of life. Some of us, and this is what the dunya is basically, in this day and age of technology, science, modernism, media, it's made the dunya very complicated, multifaceted. Actually, the dunya is a very simple thing. The dunya is just a temporary grazing ground for us to eat, drink and sleep in order that we get enough energy so that we can obey and please Allah SWT maximally and move on to akhirah. And maybe, you know, a thousand years ago, the dunya appeared like that to everybody. But now, with all the glitz and glamour and glory and beauty and fame and pomp of the world, the dunya is very complicated. The Ramadan makes a person more simple. Ramadan reduces dunya right back to what it is. It's just about being able to eat and drink. Allahu Akbar Kameera. Kulu wa shrabu wa la tusrifu. Eat, drink, and even in that, be moderate. Don't be wasteful. Don't be excessive. Hmm? So Alhamdulillah this is something that happens And due to the barakah of Ramadan Many people who may even always eat on table and chair Are eating on the ground There's so many things in Ramadan That levels us That puts our dunya back into perspective And then we should do shukr Because if we count the little things Not little but if we look at it that way Allah SWT has given us so much all the food and drink we ever ate or drank in our whole life, that itself is an incredible bounty and blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So to do more shukr, 
And this, I repeat again what we said earlier, the more grateful you are for what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has already given you, the less greed and desire you will have for what He has not given you. And the less grateful you are for what He has already given you, the more greed and desire you will have for what He hasn't given you. And then you will chase the dunya. And the dunya wants that. The dunya wants to be chased. The dunya wants to be pursued. The dunya wants you to give it 8 hours, 10 hours, 12 hours. The dunya wants to be the maqsood and mahboob of our life. It wants to be the purpose and beloved of our life. Whether it's a new car, new watch, new home, new coat, new dress, whatever it is. All of the dunya wants to be pursued. There's nothing in dunya that doesn't want it. It should be beloved. But the reality is that only Allah SWT is worthy of such love. And so Alhamdulillah, Ramadan helps a lot in that. And it levels us. So we should make a lot of shukr to Allah SWT for this month of Ramadan itself. So we mentioned three attributes. The first is gratitude, shukr. The second was ikhlas, sincerity. And the third is tawadu, humility. So the second which is ikhlas, sincerity. Is that everything we do should be done only for the sake of Allah SWT. And should be done as a slave. So there are two things. To be done for the rada, for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And to be done as a slave. So first, to be done for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As opposed to to do it for fame. Or to do it for worldly pursuit or worldly gain. To be done as a slave, what does it mean? So this is a subtle point. Many times, some of us, we do something truly only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But we don't do it as a slave, we do it as some level of accomplishment. Like Sheikh Muhammad Razaman Sandar Makatun said earlier, that sometimes people went astray, and I'm going to ex- explaining his words, sometimes people on the path of the Sawwuf and Tariqat went astray because they started doing all these extra types of dhikr, which is the zikr that the awliya taught, and by doing them so abundantly, they began to view themselves as great waliullah. They viewed themselves as reaching high maqam and high ranks and levels in suluk. So, in order to be sincere and have ikhlas, a person must do everything out of abdiyat, ubudiyah, servitude and slavehood to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it's possible that a person may do these very advanced, high-level dhikr adhkar, walayati kubra, walayati ulya, and then they may get into a delusion, a self-deception, that they view themselves as the great wali of Allah SWT. And Ajib, he said a beautiful thing, that in the sunnah adhkar, there's always ubudiyah. As you can say, subhanallah, walhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah, wa la akbar, a thousand times, million times, and you never feel that you've reach some high lofty status. Instead you will just feel deeper and deeper and deeper as an abd of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is the barakah of following this method of true ibadat that a person makes a lot of extra salah, makes a lot of the sunnah azkar, and then makes use of the zikr of the awliya to bring the feelings into their sunnah ibadat, then they remain as an abd and slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So ikhlas and sincerity is two things. Number one, to do anything and everything purely, solely, exclusively for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And number two, to do it purely, exclusively as his abd, as his servant and slave. Not that I'm a great da'i, I'm a great alim, I'm a great sheikh, or this is what I am, or this is my personality. No, to be done only and only for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and to be done only in our identity as slave. 
Yusuf wa Nabiya Kareem sallallahu preferred this identity for himself as an abd. Ashadu anna Muhammad an abduhu wa rasuluhu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Prophet was first and foremost a slave and servant, an obedient servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that requires sincerity. Like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Quran, Allah lillah al khalis, that to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is accepted only the pure, sincere, true deen. Mukhlasin Allah deen, that they are pure and true and sincere to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in all matters of deen, in all respect, in every aspect of deen. So this is sincerity. A lot of us, we become insincere with our own selves. We don't, we downgrade our sin and we overplay our good deeds. Whereas the Abd doesn't overplay his good deeds. He or she doesn't view herself, himself or herself as something because of their good deeds. Rather, they're always remembering their sin, always focused on sin. So this is a second great attribute to beg Allah subhanahu wa for to beg from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this last 10 days and nights of Ramadan. Allah ta'ala make us from your mukhlis. We make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, grant us ikhlas and make us sincere in everything that we do. And sincerity with our, with our own self means that we are harsh on ourselves. Harsh not in an extreme way, but honest. The brutal honesty. And we should realize that we are still in desperate need of Allah subhanahu rahmah and maghfirah. And we are desperately need Allah subhanahu to take us out from the fire of Jahannam. And nobody can think like that in the last ten days and nights of itkum and anar, freedom from Jahannam, unless they're truly honest with themselves. Otherwise, most of the year we spent in this delusion that we are already from Ahlul Jannah, that we are from Ahlul Taqwa. And it's in this month that Allah Ta'ala wants us to realize when in the last 10 days, after having fasted 20 days, after having prayed Taraweeh for 20 nights, after having made so much ibadah, to realize that even then still what was our reality and our haqiqat was that we were had made ourselves from the Ahlul Nar because of so many of the sins that we did. So if we were mukhlis with ourselves, we would just turn to Allah Subhanahu wa and beg that you know, Bikini, yes, I've been fasting, yes, I've been praying Taraweeh, but it's still not enough. It's only and only your mercy and forgiveness, your rahmah and maghfirah that can take me out from the fire of Jahannam. And this is the type of ikhlas we have to beg Allah subhanahu wa for. And this is the type of ikhlas and sincerity we have to offer Him in these last ten days and nights. And the third and last attribute is humility. Tawadu in kisar to erase oneself. And this is the golden attribute of Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam, And this is the true sign of the true Sufi. The true Sufi is the person who is humble. There is no place in deen, in zuhud, in tazkiyah, in tasawwuf, in tariqat for any type of arrogance, any conceit, any vanity, any airs, any affectations, any tasanno. No, this aspect of deen in particular, tazkiyah and tasawwuf, its core essence is humility. And this is something that obviously if a person views themselves and you hear this and it's been narrated about Sahaba Ikram that towards the end of their life this is what they felt that they were going to go to Jahannam. And they start crying to Allah SWT and begging Allah Ta'ala that in the last moments of their life in the last days of their life that Allah Ta'ala take mercy on the whiteness of their hair that Allah Ta'ala take mercy on their age, Allah Ta'ala take mercy on their weakness. This was their true humility in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is a rare thing to find in this day and age. 
that we have to make a lot of dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He makes us amongst His humble servants and slaves. And in fact, the more it's dangerous because the better we are in our ilm, the better we are in our amal, then the more dangerous and the harder it is to become humble. And that's why the humility of the pious is something special. I'll give you an example. If you meet a very rich person and he seems to be humble, you're very impressed. And you say, MashaAllah, you know, I met that person and he's so wealthy. But I was amazed, he's so humble. Right? Why? If it was a poor person had the same humility, you wouldn't have been so impressed. Because we think that humility befits the poor. It comes naturally for the poor. But this person being so rich and still being humble, that is something special. Now, if that's true about somebody who's rich in dunya, then imagine somebody who's rich in deen. Somebody who has a lot of amal, somebody who has a lot of taqwa, somebody who has a lot of ilm, somebody who makes a lot of dawah. So that person is rich in deen. And if a person like that is humble, then that's even more amazing than that ultra-rich person who was humble. And this is the type of humility. And that's true deen. And that's the true richness and all wealth of deen is to be found in humility. And in Urdu, sometimes they use this word, nesti. It means, mm, you know, almost a type of self-negation, fanaiya, a type of self-negation that the self has no worth. The self has no value. The self has no identity. And then the only thing that is left in a person is them being an abd of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So then that person won't view themselves as an alim or shaykh or wali. They, they don't exist. They themselves don't exist. So how can they exist as an alim, shaykh or wali? The only thing that exists in them is their obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is their ta'at and ibadat. You know, the only aspect of their existence is that they're abd of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's where they find their humility. Allah, but even we've met some mashayikh that they're almost even shy when they speak. They do it out of necessity because they know it's an amanat and they have to give nasiyat and it's their duty to guide the people. But they don't, they're not professional speakers. Not like me conducting programs like that. They're very shy when they speak. Allah Akbar Kabira, you can tell that if it was up to them, they wouldn't even speak. Ajeeb. If it was up to them, they would not speak. But because the deen, this is also part of the ubudiyah. That they sacrifice their tabiyya, they sacrifice their personality and temperament, which would prefer silence for the sake of the benefit of the ummah, for the sake of the benefit of the people, for the sake of the benefit of the masses. That's also their humility. And mashallah, we've even seen mashallah who will sit for hours and hours with the people, all just for their sake. That's also their humility. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I will be where you want me to be, I will do what you want me to do, I will sit with whom you want me to sit with. So this is another major attribute to beg Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this month of Ramadan and that is for humility. To beg Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us His humble, simple, sincere, loyal, loving, obedient, true servant and slave. So shukr, gratitude, thankfulness, appreciation, ikhlas, sincerity and purity of heart and intention and tawazo and humility and negation of myself. These are three master attributes that we must try our best. And again, this mission won't end in Ramadan. It will continue after Ramadan. But Ramadan is the best time to make these du'as. Ramadan is the time where we normally make the most heartfelt du'as. Ramadan is the time when the Qur'an impacts our heart the most, when hadith impacts our heart the most, when nasiyat impacts our heart the most, when our ibadat impact our heart the most. So that's why we should really think 
And we just gave you three ideas today. Otherwise, every one of us should think ourselves about our own life, our own individual circumstances, our own problems, our own flaws. What are the things that need to be fixed and improved in me? And beg Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala day and night for those things to be improved. We make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept all of our Ramadan, that He make us strong and steadfast in deen, that He protect us from all the fitna, from the hasan of the hasideen, from the shar of the ashar, that He always grant us positive and warm environments and gatherings where we can turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in shukr and ikhlas and tawadu. Wa akhiru da'wana. And alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.